stories at calvaryfl.com. Also, if you would like to give or be a part of what God is doing at Calvary, you can do so by logging on to calvaryfl.com or by giving through our Calvary FL app. Thank you for joining us for today's worship experience. Come on, if you know the name works. If you know the name works. Hallelujah! I said if you know the name works. If you know that there's a bunch of names, but there's no name like the name of Jesus. If you know that when you called on Jesus, things got better and things got, oh, y'all ain't saying of it. If you know that when you called his name, you get him. Let, let me let me do something. I'm going to preach, but stay right there. I want you to understand what's really happening in this service right now. I know you think you came to a service, but the service ain't a service to God. The service is a meal. That everything that happened from the time you walked in until the time I say amen after this message was a meal. The thing is, you have to discern who does the feeding at which part of the meal. Oh, because God's about to feed you through his word, which means the last 30 minutes was about you feeding God. See, when you know that you feed God, it'll change the way you worship. When you know that you're feeding God, it'll change the way you praise. Why did, how do I know that I'm feeding God? The Bible says, therefore, let us offer up the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit. God says it's more than fall, hallelujah. It's more than worship, it's food to me. So every time you praise me, you are feeding me the thing I desire. So before I preach, why don't you take one more moment and before God feeds you, why don't you feed God with your worship? Come on, somebody in this room, feed God. No, 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 not the music, not the preacher, not the pastor, feed God with your worship. Therefore, let us offer up the sacrifice. I don't feel like worshiping, but I'm going to feed God. I don't feel like lifting my hands, but I'm going to feed God. I don't feel like praising, but I'm going to feed God. Take 15 more seconds. Somebody lift your voice. Somebody open up your mouth and feed God. No, no, don't feed me, feed God. Feed God. I feel him in the room, feed God. Because here's what I know. You can't outgive him. I said you can't outgive him. So God says to the level you feed me is the level I feed you, but when it comes back to you, it comes back pressed down shaking together running over because if you could outgive God that would make you God so God said to the level you feed me I feed you back at a greater level so you don't even understand what you just did with that worship when you just praised God you gave God permission to bless you on a level that your praise didn't get up to so one more time somebody give God a shout of praise You ought never come in this place with anything mediocre to give to the Lord. Let me put it to you like this. If you wouldn't eat it at your table, don't feed him with the same stuff. Well, that's not my message, but that'll preach. You happy to be in church this morning? Do you love the Lord? Are you ready to hear a word from God? I want you to grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes, we're gonna read one verse there. And then I want you to go over to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16. Thank God for this amazing worship team. And Oh man, they can just take you right in. It almost seems like anytime I get around this team, the door just seems to swing wide open into God's presence. I just love this team, I love our staff. I love our pastors. Pastor Rayleigh, if you're watching, we love you. Rest. Relax. We got this. And uh, if you love your pastor, you ought to make some noise for him as well. I feel a very prophetic edge to me today. I don't want to just talk to you today. I want to tell you that there's a better tomorrow. 
I feel a very heavy prophetic word this morning that if you'll open up your spirit, God's going to speak something deep. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Let's get into the word of God. If you're ready, say amen. amen. Just one verse, popular verse. It says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time for every purpose. Flip over. First Samuel chapter 16. Just one verse there. That's all I need this morning. God is going to speak to you. This is what First Samuel chapter 16 verse 1 would say. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing as I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. I really want to sit down just in the A clause. He said, how long will you mourn over Saul, seeing as I have already rejected him? I know when you stand at the altar for a wedding ceremony, they say to have and to hold. But in the kingdom of God, you can't have and hold at the same time. So this morning, the Holy Spirit brought me to bring a prophetic word to you, not to say to have and to hold. God said this morning, you're going to have to make a choice about your future. Because some of you don't even know you are right on the cusp of everything God promised you. So this morning, God says you can either have what you had, you can either have what's next, or you can hold on to what is. It's the choice you make to have or to hold. Slip up your hands, Father. I thank you for what I feel. We need a word. We do, we do, we do. We need a word. We need a word. We need a word. For everything you're about to bring our way, we need a word. For everything that's about to come, Lord, and sit down in our life, we need a word. Speak in this room, God. Speak until pain becomes power and tragedy turns to triumph. We thank you for what you're about to say and do. And if you believe it in this room, somebody shout amen. You may be seated. Just touch your neighbor as you see to say, to have or to hold. To, to have or to hold. If, if there's anything I believe you have to understand this morning about the God you serve, is that the God you serve is not some sustained God or some limited God. He is the eternal God. No, no, you missed what I said. He's eternal. He, he, is, he is not bound by space. He's not bound by time. He is the eternal God. The psalmist David tried to find the birthday of God. And he said, when I looked behind me, all I could say was everlasting. And when I looked in front of me, all I could see was everlasting. And the psalmist David penned the words, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is an eternal God, larger than space and larger in time. And if he's larger than space and larger in time, he's bigger than your situation. Y'all too quiet. I said if he's bigger than space and bigger than time and he's eternal, he's bigger than the disease that's in your body right now. He's bigger than the family issue and generational curse. He is the eternal God. God is not some small God sitting around in some small place. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The eternal God is a big God and greatly to be praised. He is eternal. It makes scriptures like he is the same yesterday today and forever. It brings power to the text. God is so eternal that he can stand in my yesterday and heal me. Step into my now and bless me. And yet he's still so big he can get in my future and use me because he is not some mere God, some idol God. He is the God that is above every other God and the God that's bigger than every other issue. And if you know your God is big, why don't you give him a big praise just to let him know you know who he is. God is an eternal God, bigger than all things. He is the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the unchanging God in a changing world. Oh, you should have given him praise a little bit better than that. I said he is the unchanging God in a changing world. The fact that he's unchanging means that he can be trusted. 
I'm going to preach back here this morning. I said, I said, the fact that he doesn't change means he can be trusted. The fact that he's constant and consistent means that when the world changes, you can still put your trust in God because he can be trusted. He can be trusted with your finances. He can be trusted with your family. He can be trusted with the issues of your life. He can be trusted. And if you're thankful you serve a God that you can not just praise, but a God that you can trust, you ought to give him praise right now. And by the way, trust is how every relationship lives. Can I do this? Trust is the oxygen love breathes. That the minute you lose trust, you have begun to lose love. And the fact that God says, I will stay constant, unchanging in a changing world. It doesn't matter what's going on. You can trust me. But I know the conflict, my friends. I, I know the conflict is the conflict for us as believers and as human beings is we live in this thing called time, yet we serve a God who is eternal. And sometimes because we live in time, it seems like God is late. Oh, because we judge everything by the ticking of the clock, it seems like God is late. It seems like God isn't on time. But let me tell you, my friends, because God is eternal, he can't be late. Oh, I feel like running. I said, because God, oh, hallelujah, made time, he can't be. How can you be controlled by something you made? How can God be controlled? God, the time doesn't control God. God controls time. So when God wants it to happen, it can happen. Let me put that in your world. It doesn't matter if you've got a past. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how much time you thought you lost. The God who runs time and is not ran by time can step into time and redeem the time and bring back everything that you thought the devil stole from you that's a good place right there for somebody to give God praise because yes you had a past and yes you made some mistakes but God knows how to make it all work together for your good That's why I'm not worrying. That's why I don't got fear. That's why I'm not stepping into anything with unsure. I know that if he hadn't shown up, it just might not be time. Oh, it might not be. I feel prophetic right there. It just might not be time yet. God knows how to step in in such a way where he gets all the glory. God comes in the time when he knows he's going to get all the glory. God comes in a moment where it's not going to be worried about who gets the praise and who doesn't. He steps in just in the moment. You think he's late, but when he comes and you look back, you found out he was right on. So let me prophesy to somebody, your healing is right on schedule. Your, oh, your deliverance is right on schedule. Your blessing is right on schedule. Everything he promised you is right on schedule. God is an eternal God, not bound by time. Whoa. But my friends, the truth is, that even though he's not bound by time and bound by space, he loves you enough to know what you're living in. And yet, despite being eternal, he still partners with you in time. He partners with you in time. He says, I know, I know you're thinking about time. And the sage of the age, Solomon said, I've come to understand to everything, there is a time. And I know the question you're asking this morning. The question you're asking is, well then Pastor Josh, what is the real purpose of time? Let me help you. Time is the gift God gives you to accomplish and depreciate your purpose. Because the truth of the matter in this room is that you are older than what you think you are. Can I go deep for a minute? Put on your snorkel, grab your floaties. Come on, we're going to go in the deep end of the pool for a minute. Because long before you were ever a person in the earth, you were a purpose in eternity. No, no, you're not 38 and you're not 43. You're not 62. You're not 74. Let me tell you, you are eternal. 
You didn't start off on this earth. You started off in God and in eternity. And God looked at time and said, where's the best place I can use what's in me? Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. And when he looked at your life, he didn't see you dancing with David. And he didn't see you walking with Moses. And he didn't see you as a disciple of Jesus. But he looked at 2018 and said, that's when I need it. And when the time was right, God reached in himself, pulled the purpose that was you out, and <laughs> breathed you into time. And because he breathed you in the time, no devil can stop you. Y'all ain't saying nothing. No demonic force can hold you back because he breathed you in the time. There is nothing that can stop you if you don't quit. And if I got anybody that says, I ain't stopping, I'm going to keep on moving. Because if you've got breath, God is not done. Somebody give him praise right now. That's why the devil hates you. Because he doesn't see you as a person. Oh, yeah. He sees you as the purpose you were in eternity and understands that everything you're designed to do will tear down everything he wants to do and he hates you because of it. Let me tell you how much he hates you. I feel like preaching. Let me tell you how much he hates you. He hates you enough to get way back in your daddy, your granddaddy, and your great-granddaddy and plant seeds. Can I go deep? That's why he got in your great-granddaddy and tried to plant alcoholism and drug addiction. He tried to get way back in there and plant lusts and affairs. Why? Because he saw the purpose you were and wanted to destroy it. But my friends, I came to tell the devil this morning, he's too late. Y'all miss what I just told you. I came to tell every demon, every devil, that he's too late. I came to tell every generational curse, it's too late. I came to tell every demon coming to block your purpose. He's too late. Because if you're sitting in this room, that means you've already won on some dimension. So why don't you give God a praise for the victory that you've already won? 30, 29. Somebody needs to let the devil know you tried, but you failed. 20, 15. Let that devil know. 10. Let every demonic force know. Let every evil thing know. You tried, but you're too late. And if you believe it, give him praise right now. Do you know the power of what I just told you? There's also a power on the other side. Not just the victory of one, but the fact that God gave you victory then prophesies the victory you're about to have in the next season. God said, I gave you time to fulfill. It's my gift to you. It's the measuring stick I use to let you know where you stand. And if you knew how much time, how our time was important to God, you wouldn't waste it. Preach, Pastor Josh, that was good. You wouldn't waste it. You would come out the womb running because you don't have the time you think you have. You have been given exactly the amount of time you need to fulfill the purpose you have been called to fulfill. And time looks different when you know it's limited. You don't, you don't come to church the same way when you know you got limited time. All right. You don't worship the same when you know you got limited time. You don't mess around and sign up for a small group and not attend one when you know that you got limited Time. When you know you got limited time and you know that time is important to God, that time is the tool God gave you, you won't waste it, but you'll use it. You'll wake up every morning and say, God, what do you want me to do today? What should I be accomplishing today? Who do you want me to reach? Who do you want me to minister to? There is a moment in your life where time becomes more than some ticking of the clock. It becomes the tool in your tool belt to accomplish the very thing God put on the inside of you. To everything he said, there is a time. But Solomon took it a step further and said, I know to everything there's a time, but there's also a season. Times and seasons. And the enemy knows that he can't stop time. So the enemy doesn't even focus on time. He focuses on seasons. If you want to know where the enemy plays and messes in, he messes in 
seasons. <laughs> Trying to get the believer to think that what was eternal is seasonal and what was seasonal is eternal. Some of you in this room have not stepped into anything new and fresh in a long time because you're still stuck in an old season. I told you, I felt prophetic. I came to pull you out because God has something next for your life. And the thing is, the moment you get confused, that's why this enemy will spend all his time thinking that because you got hurt at seven that you have to be the victim until you're 80. He's trying to convince you that what was seasonal things that were called to bring change in your life, what were seasonal moments you have to live with. He's been, he's been in your life trying to, trying to convince you that just because they got a divorce, you got to get one too. Let me tell you what 90% of pastoral appointments do. Every time you make an appointment with one of us, let me tell you what we sit down and really do. All we do is help you discern what was seasonal. Oh and what was eternal all my meetings with people is sitting down trying to convince them that was just a, that was just a season that was just a season because with god seasons are meant to bring change all right let me let me be practical let the pastor and me come out for a minute let me be practical there are some of us that love summer amen not in florida amen i moved down here and haven't stopped sweating since i moved down here i just stay sweating Amen. Y'all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you say, Pastor Josh, every time I see you, you're just sweating everywhere. You just... Some of us love summer. Some of us hate summer. Some of us love winter. And some of us hate winter. But this is what I've learned about seasons. That if you'll let the season change, the season will change. Let me, let me put it in your world. That, that, that if you wait patiently, if we're not in your season now, your season will come to you. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. See, what you don't even understand right now is for all you that like winter, I know that you think that winter is a long ways away, but right now you are stepping towards winter and winter is coming towards you. See, that's why you can't give up and that's why you can't give in, but you gotta be patient because with every tick of the clock, your season is coming your direction. That's why you ought to get excited when you come in. That's why you ought to get excited when you wake up because if you made it through another day, you are one step closer to your season. Coming in your life, I know what some of you are saying, Pastor Josh, give me Bible. Here's Bible. If you draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to you. Sometimes, even though it's a little step, God sees it as a big move because little steps still God give God permission to take big steps in your direction. And Solomon said, I understand that to everything there's a time. He said, but I also want you to understand that there's also seasons. And not being able to discern what was a season can get you stuck instead of making progress going forward. When you think what is seasonal is eternal, instead of going towards your destiny, you can get stuck in a moment. See, my friends, I just took the last 15 minutes to preach that because this is the backdrop of my text. That the prophet Samuel has been stuck in a season. He is the one who God called to anoint kings. And when he let the oil flow, the oil flowed over King Saul. And all of a sudden, he said, because the oil flowed over Saul, Saul must be the king forever. And all of a sudden, Samuel said, the moment God removed Saul, he said, wait a second. How are you removing what was anointed? God said, because it was just for us. And because Samuel, even the prophet Samuel, couldn't discern what was seasonal versus what was eternal, he got stuck in a season. And he wasn't stuck with Saul, he got stuck to Saul. Because if you're not, if you're not stuck in something, you can be stuck to something. Help me do it, Holy Ghost. Some of you are sitting in this room this morning stuck. Not with something, but to something. Stuck to the way you used to do it. And, 
stuck to a former life and stuck to the way you used to think and you got new opportunities but you got old mindset oh old mindset you're stuck Why is Saul stuck? Let me give you two dimensions. Because last time, last time the oil flowed, it was over Saul. Let me tell you what really is going on with Saul in this moment of being stuck in a season. He said that was the last time the oil flowed. And some of you haven't moved forward in God because you're still stuck and tied to old oil. Stuck to what God did in the 90s. Stuck to what God did five years ago and ten years ago. You ain't praised different. You're not worshiping any different. Nothing's changed in your spiritual walk. You've not grown. You are stuck and tied to old oil. Number two, number two not, only, not only was that the last time that the oil flowed, it was also the representation of his last mistake. Because if we're not stuck in old mindsets, we can get stuck to old mistakes. We say things like, I guess since I did it, I have to become what I did for the rest of my life. That I will be forever labeled according to what I did and not according to what he has already said about who I am. Samuel is stuck. Stuck between what was and what's next. Stuck so long that God himself, and I'm about to finish, that God himself had to step up in Samuel's life and confront Samuel on his seasonal mentality. And when God shows up to Samuel, this is what he says. He says, how long? No, no, didn't come from the preacher. Didn't come from a worship leader. He said, how long will you mourn? I believe prophetically in this room this morning, you feel God in here? I believe prophetically God is asking you, he's asking us, how long? How long will you mourn over the thing I took? How long are you going to cry about past pain and past trouble? How long are you going to live in 10 years ago when I am not in 10 years ago? I am in 10 years ahead. How long? How long are you going to cry about what they did and what they said? How long are you going to not forgive? How long are you going to be bitter? How long are you going to be frustrated? How long are you going to stand in where you... How long? How long will you mourn over the thing I took? Because let me tell you, what God does when he gets ready to move you into next, the first step of taking you into next is separating you from what was. How can I bring you in still connected? How can I bring you in still attached? For me to bring you into everything I've told you I was going to bring you to, there is a moment of disconnection. And some of you are mad at God because of the separation, because you see separation as separation. But to God, separation in separation, separation is sanctification. I had to get it away from you. I had to break it off of you because you are not average and you are not ordinary and you are not some mere person with mere destiny. I had to set you apart. I had to bring it to myself to let you know you were made for more than where you are. But how long? How long will you mourn? Watch this. How long will you mourn seeing as I have rejected him. No, no, no. They didn't reject you. Don't miss it. They didn't walk out. I made them. They didn't reject you. I rejected them for you. Because if I wouldn't have rejected them, you would have stayed comfortable being attached to them in a season, but you weren't called to live in this season. 
forever. You weren't called to stay stuck in this season forever. And I knew you wouldn't move. So I stepped in at the nick of time and I severed what you thought you needed forever just because I know that there was something greater on the way. How long, seeing as I have rejected? And when you understand what I just told you, rejection will no longer be an enemy and rejection will become a friend. Uh, That when they walk away from you, you won't cry about it. You'll start praising God about it. And you'll say, God, thank you. Thank you for letting them reject me. Thank you for letting them close the door in my face. It only means that I'm closer than what I think. That's a word for somebody. (laughs) If the door just closed, that means there's another one open somewhere else. That if the door just shut in your face in a season, stop crying, stop weeping, stop mourning, and get yourself up, dust yourself off, and start giving God glory because something is about to come into your life. How long will you mourn seeing as I have rejected it? Let me be practical. What I'm really trying to tell you is there are some people you'll never date. And there are some people you'll never marry. I'm sorry to hurt your feelings, but you weren't called according to your agenda. You weren't called according to your lusts. You weren't called according to your flesh. You were called according to his purpose. And so God knows exactly what you need and who you need and where you need to be to bring you in. And there are some people you can't have. And there are some people you won't be friends with. And y'all ain't saying nothing. And there are certain jobs that'll never open up for you. And certain places you can't go. And certain things you can't watch. And certain things you can't do. Why? Because God has a purpose for your life. To everything. There is a time, a season, how long will you mourn seeing I have, as I have rejected? Let me give you the rejection test. For all y'all trying to figure out if God rejected it, if it keeps breaking for all your fixing. Let me just sit right here. I said, if you keep trying to fix it and it keeps breaking, God might have rejected it. I just set somebody free right there. I can put the microphone down, go home, go to the Cracker Barrel, and sit down and have me a meal. I just helped you right there because some of you have spent too much time trying to fix things God has rejected. And if it keeps breaking every time you try to fix it, leave it alone and move on to what God has already prepared for you. Samuel, I love you enough to confront you that you are spending too much time in a season. How long will you mourn? Finishing here. Seeing as I have already rejected. How long are you going to stay up worried and full of fear knowing that I have already moved on? Because here's the deal, Samuel. While you were crying and complaining, I was working. While you were sitting back, mourning, I was preparing. While you were worried about Saul, I was already on a hillside. (laughs) Hanging out with a little shepherd boy named David. (laughs) While you were sitting there in dust and ashes trying to figure out how you were going to fix it. I had grace enough. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I had grace enough uh, that even though you wanted to stay wrong, I was still going to do you right. (laughs) See, that's God's grace, uh, that even when you do wrong, God is still on the right. Uh, He's still preparing and working. I don't know about you, but that right there is enough to praise God for the rest of my life. That for every wrong step and wrong way and wrong thing I did, it didn't stop God from still making a life for me and a purpose for me that would fulfill the thing he's called me to do while you were crying I was over here with this little boy and he was blowing me kisses and singing me songs and he was worshiping and I said they might have chose that king but I have chosen for myself 
See, that's what I love about God is that when God chooses things, he chooses things better than you could have chosen for yourself. God has better things and bigger things. And until you learn how to be okay, until you learn how to be okay with what walked away, you'll never understand that next was closer than what you thought. How long will you mourn, Sammy? I've been watching you. You've been crying a lot, complaining. I even heard you gossiping a little bit, saying things like, I'm not in control. I heard you talking about me, Samuel. I heard you saying things like, you don't believe I can do what I said I was going to do. I heard you getting mad at me in your prayer closet, <laughs> saying things like, do you really love me? But what you didn't know is, while you were mourning, I was working. So I'm going to give you a chance to step out of the hold and get you into the have. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I feel him in this room. Samuel, fill thy horn with oil. That same horn you used to get you in the last season. I need you to grab the horn again. What's the horn? The horn, the horn, the horn, the horn. When they would bring in their worship to the, to the temple, they would bring it in as an animal. And all of a sudden they would set the animal on the altar and the priest would light the animal. They called this worship. Because anytime you go into God's presence and you start burning flesh, God sees that as worship and all of, oh, let me help you when you come in this room and you say God I don't feel like praising and I don't feel like worshiping yet you slip your hand up anyway God says that is the sacrifice of praise God said you want to know how to get out of what was into what's next give me a sacrifice pastor Josh what does the sacrifice of praise have to do with the horn because although the flesh would burn in the animal, at the end of all the burning, something remained. The horn. Let me tell you God's gift to you in worship is that when you give him the sacrifice, you think nothing's coming back. But by the time you're done worshiping, God's gift to you in the middle of worship is a horn that he can fill with oil. In the New Testament, it looks like this. God says, give me a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of your lips. God says, when I see your hands go up and I see your mouth get open. He said, what was an open horn in the Old Testament is an open mouth in the New Testament. And when I see a mouth go, oh, when I see a mouth go open in my presence, when I see you, Samuel, get sick and tired of being stuck in an old season, and finally you come out of your mourning. That's why he said, I'll give you, oh, dancing and worship for your mourning. He said there's a switch that if you'll stop mourning and go to dancing and go to praising, God says, when I see an open mouth, he said, that is the open horn, and I will pour out fresh oil in a new season of your life. Why don't you take some time right here for every person that God is going to take into a new season? Lift up your hands, open up your mouth, and let God fill your horn with oil. Fill it, fill it. Come on, open up your mouth for every person stuck, for every person in the room feeling like there's nothing fresh coming, for some of you feeling like you're living off of stale experiences. God says, give me an open mouth and I'll take it as an open horn. Fill that horn with oil and go. Fill it, fill it. Fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it. He's filling it. I feel him right now. He's going to fill you. He's going to fill you right now. If you'll open your mouth, he's going to pour fresh oil. God has a new oil. There's a new oil. There's a new season. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. There's a new season coming to you and your family. There's a new season coming to Calvary Christian Center. There's a new season. But God's looking for horns that are open. He's looking for mouths that will receive. See, you think you're saying something, but really you're receiving something. If you open up your mouth.
see the oil flowing. I see the oil flowing. Some of you said, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to get out of this funk I'm in? How am I going to get out of this depression and anxiety? I'm scared to death. I don't have confidence. God said, open up your horn and let me fill it with fresh oil. He's pouring right now over every section. There's fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil. Fresh. Somebody receive it. Somebody just receive it. You ain't got to fight for this. All you got to do is receive. Open up your mouth. Let me prophesy to somebody, there is fresh oil on the way. Let me prophesy to somebody, there is fresh oil on the way. Give me a hand. I pray in the name of Jesus. There's fresh oil coming your way. There's fresh oil coming your way. There's a reason why you had to sit in the front row this morning. There's fresh oil. Fresh oil. I release the oil for everything you're called to. I release it. Come on, somebody. Open up your mouth. I prophesy fresh oil for a fresh season. Fill your horn with oil. Let me finish this thing. Fill your horn with oil. If you'll open up, Samuel, I will pour in what's next while you're standing in right now. Because let me prophesy you are on the cusp of a new season. I want you to mark it on your calendar. July 8th. It seemed like it was just another day. But the truth is, God brought you in this room to let you know it's not a new day. It's a new season. For all your crying and for all your worrying, for all of your fear, for all of your not knowing what you're going to do next. God said it's a new season in your life. Calvary is the summer. But what have I told you today is a new season. Fill the horn with oil. He's saying go. And by the way, Samuel, what I just poured in you, wasn't even for you. Because when God pours in, He pours in you so that He can pour from you. Because this is what everybody misses in this text. The oil in that horn was not Samuel's oil. It was David's oil in Samuel's horn. That's why you got to be a part of a small group. That's why you got to step over into the realm of one-on-one -on -one connection and relationships. Why? Because you're not even holding your own oil. You are holding oil for somebody else's dilemma. You are holding oil for somebody else's tragedy. And here's the good news, that if you got somebody else's oil, somebody else has yours. I'm done. Fill your home with oil. He said, watch this. If you learn how to step out of what was, you will step out of hold and I'll give you the half. But the only thing I need is a step from you. Some of you said, God, how are you going to bring me in? God said, I need a step of faith. Samuel, when I see you moving, I'll start moving too. Shh, do you feel it? I know it's not like this. I know it's not like this on a Sunday morning. But I want to do something. Because I feel a very prophetic moment for this house and for you. If you're in this room this morning and you say, God, I'm ready to step into a new season. This word's my word and I'm going to use my steps to show you I'm ready to move. The Lord promised me I couldn't sleep last night. I tossed and turned because God said so many of you were stuck. You're stuck. You're stuck in a season. But God says the season has changed. 
If you're in this room this morning, you say, God, I'm ready for my new season. I'm ready for what's next. On the count of three, I want you to get out of your seat, and I want you to get to this altar to show God you're ready for another season. You're oh, they're already coming. One, hallelujah. If you're ready for the next season, two, get to this altar. Three, if that's you, come, come, come. Come with your hands lifted. Come with your hands lifted. Come with your hands lifted. I'm talking to some people. I knew this word was for some people. I knew this word was for some people. If you're in ministry and you're ready for another season, if you got a family issue and you're ready for a new season, if you got some financial stuff and you're ready for a new season, come on, make the first step. Make the first step. Take your horn. Bring it with you and go. Let me fill it and you go. Let me touch it. Let you. Oh, yes, Lord. that's what it sounds like real soft for a second some of you have waited so long for the season to change I know I know some of you have been crying yourself to sleep waiting for a season to change I, some of you have been so worried and full of fear you've been waiting for a season to change well my friend I came to prophesy July 8th the season has changed it has changed Hear me, and I'm going to do this and we're done. So the question is, you can either have what's next or hold on to what was, but you can't do both. So if you're in this room this morning and you're ready to have, as a sign that you're letting go of the hold, lift your hands. There he is. Come on now, open your horn. Come on, open your mouth. He's going to fill you right now. There's new strength being poured into somebody. There's new strength. There's new grace. Well, that's it. Come on. That's it. Just speak it out. Come on. This ain't about me right now. This is about you. The next season has come. But you can either have or hold. The choice is up to you. Open up your horn. Open up your mouth. Come on, you got 15 seconds. Come on, for your family. For your trouble. For the thing you can't fix on your own. Open up your horn. Come on, if you gotta cry, cry. I understand. But some of you all right now ought to open up your mouth and just say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready for the next season. I'm ready for the next moment. I feel a prophetic shift in the room. I feel a shifting in the room. Open up your mouth. Come on, people of God. Don't stop now. Don't quit now. Go ahead, Pastor John. Go ahead, Pastor John. and every demon that's been chasing you is getting very afraid because you're about to step into a new season. I feel every demonic force that has had you by the coattail beginning to lose its grip on you as you step out in faith. Here it is. Now as much as you let go, you must now take what belongs to you. God has already prepared for himself a king. What is prepared has already been prepared for you. So here's the opportunity you have this morning. Is to reach up and grab your next season. So when I release you this time, I don't know what you've been waiting on. I don't know what you've been holding on to. But in the next season, 
God says, this is your time to claim what I have already proclaimed is yours. I feel the glory. I feel the glory. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, we still have, we still have six minutes. I did it. I, let me tell you. I knew God was going to give this altar call. You're stepping in. It's new. It's new. It's new. That's the glory. That's the glory. That's the glory. That's the glory. Now. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Calvary staff, get ready to help me pray for some people. We're going to do a lot of praying for some people because it's your season. It's your season. It's your season. Come on, reach up. And I want you, when I tell you, begin to proclaim and claim the things God has promised you. Some of you have been waiting all summer long for this service. You have been waiting all year long for this service. The season has changed. Now it's time for you to get what belongs to you. To get what belongs to you. Real soft. Let me through here for one second. I see something. I see something. Lift your hands, sweetheart. It's a new season. If I've ever preached a message for somebody, I preached it for you. For everything you've been fighting and facing, God says today the season changes. There is a fresh oil being poured into your life. That's the glory of God. Father, I thank you for now, now, Lord, now. Yes, Lord, that's the glory. That's the glory. Lift your hands, lift your hands. Calvary staff, get ready. We're going to pray for as many of you as we can. But there is an anointing for the next. In the now. In the now. Get ready on the count of three. Calvary staff, help me pray. Dream teamers, help me pray. One, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Two, shoo, I feel God. This is, it's about to happen. Hey. Three, come on, lay your hands on them. Lay your hands on them. There's the glory. There's the glory. There's the glory. Come on all across the room with your hands lifted. Come on, start claiming everything that belongs to you. It's a new season. Yes. New, new, fresh. It's a new season, man of God. It's a new season. It's a new season, man of God. For everything you've been facing and fighting, it's a new season. It's next. Next is here. Next is here. Next is here. Yes. Yes. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. No time to mourn. No time to mourn. The blessing's too big. It's too big. Fill the horn with oil. Fill the horn with oil.
Some of you have been waiting so long. You've been waiting so long. But the season is changing. Real soft. I said the season is changing. I prophesy that the season is changing over you. <laughs> Sorrow may last for a night, but the season is changing. Reach over whew, and put your hand on the shoulder of the person beside you. You thought you were coming to a service. <laughs> but the season is changing. You thought you would leave the same. But the season is changing. Some of you are going to see your family members saved by the end of the summer. Because the season is changing. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You're oil in for you. Because the season's changing. I want you to take the last 15 seconds. And I want you to pray for the person on your right or left. Because the season's changing. Are you ready? Come on, begin to pray for him. 15 seconds. Come on, the last 15 seconds. That's right. We don't do this as often as we should, but breathe strength. Breathe strength. Come on, 10 seconds. Just pray. Prophesy. Season is changing. Fire. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. There it is. Right there. There's the anointing. if you can how many of you would say this words for you yeah. how many believe you're stepping into a next season yeah. mark it down on your calendar July 8th it changed and before you leave before you leave this altar we're gonna let you out but I want to tell you from Pastor Rayleigh from this staff we love you and we're excited that the seasons Our team's going to be in the back. If you're a first-time guest, if you've never been back there before to meet some of our staff's going to be back there, but whew, I feel it. I'm, I'm trying to close, but he's here. Reach over one more time. Put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. Pastor Troy's going to come close. We love you so much. To have or to hold, the choice is yours. We love you, Pastor Troy. Yeah, I want everybody to just stay right in this attitude. God is actually still working on a lot of people in the altar. What we want to do is I just want to remind you of one thing. This coming Wednesday, right in the sanctuary at 7 o'clock, our youth will meet here. If you have anybody in your neighborhood, your family, your kids, get them here in the house. It's going to be powerful. What you see here is what you'll see there. And if you want your kids in that, you need to have them here this Wednesday. God's done a lot of things in a lot of lives. What we're going to do is I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to, I'm going to dismiss. I mean, many of you need to go. You need to get your kids. you got other obligations. That's awesome. But some of you say, I just want to hang out here for a minute. I just want to hang out in his presence and allow God to seal in my life what he's put in my heart. Our worship team is going to stay, and they're going to continue in worship. And those of you that would like to stay here with us a little bit, I know we've got another service, but a few minutes. If you'd like to stay with us, you can. But the rest of you can ease on out. God, I thank you right now, God, for what you're doing. God, I thank you so much, God, for what you've done in the lives of your people today. 
Lord, we don't take it for granted when we see you move like this. God, because we know that there are people's lives that are standing right here in this building today, and even on my live stream, that our lives is going to be changed forever because of what you did in their life today on July 8th, as Pastor Josh said. So God, I pray right now that you would continue to speak to people, and we bless everyone here as they go. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to ease out, feel free to do that. If you want to stay, our worship team is going to stay as well.